from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt is where you're listening live. You're also watching live on Facebook, facebook.com backslash live now dt, internet streaming TV and radio to you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We make it easy and simple. It doesn't matter where in the world that you are. We have had listeners and viewers from Anywhere from England to Spain, Italy, China, Russia, as well as Canada and Mexico and so on and so forth. All throughout the country, of course, here in central and upstate New York, in the northeast, west, the Midwest, and and of course up and down the east coast in our second home of Florida as well. So you have been tremendous. You have been amazing. You make this fun every day, and hopefully we are touching lives. Hopefully we are helping people and creating a lasting experience that goes well beyond sports because That's the plan with a company whose tagline is where sports meets life. So with that being said, nobody, I mean, when I talk about embodying where sports meets life, I don't, I don't think that I can say enough about this, this gentleman who's here now, Uh, Joe Adam is on the broadcast with us. He truly embodies where sports meets life. We met uh, a few years back when he was the offensive line coach at Syracuse and built a relationship here. I told him when everything came to be and, and he was moving on, I said, listen, I'm not losing touch with you. If you're not losing touch with me, you're always going to hear from me. And he has honored that. He's stayed with that. And and as he's been at St. Anselm for the past few seasons here, has been always in touch, always a positive, you know, personally and professionally, has been there for me. So I can speak to the fact that yeah, you know, I think he's a good coach. Yes, I think he can recruit. Yes, I think there's a lot of things that he can do positively. But above everything else, I love the fact that he is unwavering on his faith. He is not afraid to talk about God. He's not afraid to talk about family and the important things in life. And he, what you see is truly what you get. And when you ask for there to be a friend that, you know, just honestly is there for you when you need him, that's who he is. So above all things, I respect the man more than the football coach and those are the type of people that we want to have on this show at all times. So with that being said, Joe Adam is with us. Joe, how are you doing today? Good morning, Dan. Good morning, friend of mine. Uh, great to be here. And, you know, you, you're like and when I had Enrico Mastriani from my from my alma mater on. You know, you, you say all this this positive stuff and, you know, intro you in, and, and it's just like, hey, good to be here. You know, I mean, you, there's, there's a humbleness to – you know, to you, to Enrico, to a lot of people that, that I have in my life where, you know, you guys have such an impact on me. You have an impact on your players. You have an impact on your family, yet you're so humble about it. Can you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, just, um, you know, uh, I think in my own life, you you look at the bigger picture and, you know, part of something here uh, and part of something greater than uh, than just me. You know, and uh, it's something I preach to the team here. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about us. And, uh, you know, um, celebrating things and, and accomplishment uh, by yourself as far as, you know, sitting on the top of the mountain, uh, the moment may be fun, but it doesn't last. And, 
you know, to me, it's about relationships and it's always been about that. And, um, you know, it'll continue to be about that. So, um, I think we, uh, you know, I've been, uh, my, my, my job is to impact lives in a positive matter. So uh, I've embraced that. Uh, it's, it's a gift that uh, I've been given from above and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've chosen to utilize that and, and to promote that. And for you, you know, I mean, this, this has been a journey through the world of, uh, of sports and, and athletics and, and the sport of football and, and whatnot to share with people who don't know, uh, just kind of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, an abbreviated version of your road. Cause I know you've been in so many different places, but just what it was, what it was like for you, maybe from the beginning to now, because people always want to look at, okay, well, where's the success? You know, where's that, you know, you talk about the top of the mountain, just show me when you're on the top of the mountain, because I don't want to work to get there. I just want to be there. You had to work and you continue to work every single day. Just what you can say about, you know, where you started and, and where you've ended up at this point. Yeah, yeah, I was just telling one of my young coaches, you know, my first coaching job, I made a thousand dollars and I was, I was giddy, uh, because I really enjoyed, you know, doing this work and, you know, it, it's, it's the same amount of hours that I've worked the last 24 years and it's, you know, borderline 70 hours a week on, uh, on this project. So, um, you know, um, I think when you're, you know, the same thing I tell recruits when you're, you know, it's not what you want to study, it's what, you know, what you're really good at. And if God has given you an ability and you can uh, make a fruitful life uh, doing that, then I think you've won. And I've been very blessed and, and uh, in that sense to be able to to do something that I love. And, uh, and you know, uh, we were not, uh, we were a good team when I started off in senior college, but we weren't great. And then I got to the greatest place in Division Two football, which was Grand Valley State. You know, working with guys like Brian Kelly and Chip Martin and Matt Mitchell and, um, I mean, just some great coaches. And uh, we won two national championships in three years. You know, so it uh, taught me a lot about preparation and, and how to do things right and uh, the sacrifice that you have to make to be successful. And, uh, and, and most people, you know, having that sacrifice is not normal to them. You know, working 70 hours a week is not normal sometimes. Um, but it's, it's, unfortunately, it's a requirement to get to where we want to get to here. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been quite a journey over the last couple of years, obviously, you know, Elmhurst College and, uh, and, uh, you know, my time at Syracuse, which was such a blessing and, and just, uh, with the players and, and the staff and the entire university and, um, you know, and then, and then coming here in this transition to, to take over a program, uh, that, you know, we, we've had to chip away at, and uh, we're finally now seeing the results that uh, we talked about a few years back. So it, it's been a long process, but, uh, you know, um, you, you don't waver in your faith and you don't, uh, you, you stick to the plan and you stick to the things you believe in. And it's the same things that, that uh, we took into what we believed in Syracuse and Elmhurst and Western Michigan and, you know, Grand Valley State and, uh, and you, you try to apply them and figure out what works at this particular institution and and hold high morals and, and um, good things are going to happen. And, and now they're starting to show that here for us. Speaking here with St. Anselm head football coach Joe Adam on Faith Family and, and football. For you, Joe, like you said, when you came in, you know, there was that hope, that belief that, you know, things were going to work here at, at St. Anselm and that you're going to find a way 
to, you know, get things right and whatnot. And you go through that, you know, that you go through the adversity, you go through the growing pains, you go through the trying to build a program and put your stamp on it and do things, you know, the way that you feel is best. And, you know, to take some things that were good and, and keep them, but then take some things that were in the wrong direction and try to write them. Doesn't happen overnight, obviously. And, you know, what can you say about maybe some of the adversity that you have faced at St. Anselm and how you've seen yourself kind of grow as a as a human being through that adversity yeah i think uh you know for me it's uh it's been just figuring out uh who our guys are and and kind of what makes them tick and and how to coach them you know one of the one of the questions i ask uh every single guy uh during a recruiting process and guys that have recruited here is you know what's something that i don't know that will help me coach you better you know some of the responses that i get you know hey coach i want to be coached hard Hey, um, I don't do well with guys, you know, being confrontational, and those are things I think I think every coach has to know, and, and it's it's something that I think every leader has to know about their company. I think it's uh, something that every coach or every CEO, um, because people are different learners, people are different personalities, and um, you know, I think in our in our positions, we have to motivate um, people every day to uh, to meet or exceed the standard. And that's something that I've talked about here for, you know, since I stepped on campus is, you know, we're going to build a standard here and our job as coaches, players, administrators, teachers, whatever it may be, is to meet or exceed the standard. And if you're not meeting the standard, I'm going to let you know about it. And uh, we're going to be honest and, and upfront with it and genuine. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that, that's been, uh, that's been the, the, the main piece of this thing here. And, um, you know, just getting guys to believe in themselves and uh, and kind of buck the, the trends of society a little bit uh, where it's, um, you know, it's not all about me. And it's not about my Instagram likes and my Snapchat streaks. And it's not about me. It's about us. It's about team. Everything we do here is for team. You know, every decision we make here is for team. And now I think once the guys have finally bought in and felt a little bit of success, they start to see the things that we're preaching and the things that we're talking about. And, um, and now they're wholeheartedly believing in that. And for you, you know, to, to see that belief come through and to see that, that positivity come through and, and where you're at right now, I mean, you started off the season this season on a five game losing streak. And since then have won three games straight. You ended October on a three-game winning streak. Just what you could say about, you know, we talk about it turning around over the seasons. You, you talk about trying to get that from season to season to all come together. But this time around, you know, you, you're seeing it in this season in and of itself, a team that started on the wrong side of where you want to be and then has shifted to win over New Haven, Franklin Pierce, and Southern Connecticut State. And you've won some close matchups here. You've, you know, you obviously were able to, you know, withstand New Haven and then most recently South Connecticut State to win that game by a point and then a blowout against Franklin Pierce. Just, you know, what you can say about, you know, how this season started and how you saw adversity this year in and of itself and were able to bounce back. Yeah, you know, I think earlier in the year, we always believe that we have talent here and it's just about how it's going to come together, the chemistry, you know, are guys going to believe in each other? How are these new players that we've brought in going to assimilate to, 
you know, to the standards and, and the things that we've we've been preaching here with the last three years with, with our group here. And, you know, earlier on in the year, we're, we're kind of beating ourselves and, and we're in ball games and then we'd have a bad quarter. We had a little, you know, a seven or eight minute bad stretch and then the, the game would get away from us. So, you know, there's a little bit of frustration, you know, uh, on our parts with just knowing that uh, it's kind of like being a dad and telling your your you know, your children not to touch the hot stove and they touch it anyway. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, you know, how many times can I touch it before you learn? So, um, you know, but we just stayed the course. You know, we have great leadership here. We have guys that 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 love each other and, and love to be coached and, and respect the coaches and believe in each other. So uh, I just, you know, we just stayed, stayed the course and believe in what we believe here. And, um, and then now we, we kind of had our signature win against New Haven, which is a very talented and very well-coached team. Uh, and then we, we've gotten on a little bit of a roll and, and belief and confidence, um, you know, will make you play better. And that's, uh, that's, that's not a fluke. So now hats off to the guys who believe in the work. And we just, uh, you know, when, when we're 0 and 5, I just said, guys, we need to work harder. And, um, and, and, there was no, you know, no energy vampires, no victims. Yeah. I said, "All right, coach, we're going to keep believing in the process, and we're gonna, you know, we're going to trust in, in it, and we're going to continue on." And and now we finally are starting to see some of the fruits of the labor. So, you know, it's uh, it's just been it's been an amazing season. It's been an amazing ride so far this year. That coming from Joe Adam uh, once again. Uh, we met when he was here in Syracuse as the offensive line coach. He has since been, for the last few seasons, the head coach of the St. Anselm football team, NCAA Division Two. We got a lot of different stuff to get into today, uh, Joe, and, and you're the perfect person for it because, you know, the morals and the values and the faith that, you know, defines you and the pillars of your life, I think, you know, obviously speaks to a lot of things in my life and, and speaks to the reality that, you know, there are a lot of things bigger than football or beyond football that are going on that we have to address. And I think you have to address it with an honest and an open heart and try and find find a, a common ground, find something positive. And what I'm talking about, first and foremost, is the fact that we are now in a situation where the NCAA was pushed by the state of California to make a ruling. And that ruling was to you know, decide whether or not athletes, student athletes, collegiate athletes should be paid in some way, shape or form compensated in this case for their name, image and likeness. It's supposed to hit all levels, D1, D2, D3. There's a junior college piece of it as well. So, you know, everything's on the table here. The school is not paying the athlete. The NCAA is not paying the athlete, but they're opening the doors for the athletes to be paid what are your thoughts? You're a head coach. It comes to your level as well. I mean, it's it's at D two. What are you thinking? We, we had this we had this conversation yesterday, and um, I mean, uh, this is this is going to become the wild wild west, and um, and that that is my um, my reservation with it is, um, yeah, I think I think for the, for the players. Uh, I think it's it's long overdue with, with some of those things and, um, you know, and, and getting an opportunity. I think in how it's structured, that would be the interesting piece of it. You know, what you're talking about is now outside entities that are entering into the sport um, and, uh, you know, potentially creating inequality. 
you know, creating inequality on your teams, star players and guys that are, you know, not getting, either not getting money or not getting paid, and then you have guys that it's become about them, which is exactly the opposite of what I just spoke about earlier yeah. when it's about team. And uh, and then I, I think, you know, potentially, I was thinking about some of the offshoots of this is, you know, is it, is it going to be, is there going to be gender inequality, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, with whether it be different sports uh, in that sense and uh, in creating imbalances, um, you know, not only in institutions, but also in recruiting, you know, the recruiting is what I worry about the most because now you're going to have people coming out of the woodwork saying, come to this school, we can get you this. And isn't that exactly what we've been guarding against for, you know, for like the last 50 years here? So, so it's, 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 it's obviously a groundbreaking uh, ruling. Um, I think all of us in coaching are, are, are just interested in how this is going to play out in the recruiting realm. Uh, is this going to force teams to now hire a bunch of people in recruiting and marketing and now have staffs of, you know, 50 plus people, which I know most, uh, you know, most of the larger power five schools already have. Yeah. So, um, it's just, uh, it's, you know, anything where you have new rules and it's uncharted waters, I think, uh, you know, just like the transfer rule and the ritual rule, I think some things really need to be sorted out and, uh, and talked about and bring everything to the table to figure out, you know, what's best for the athletes, what's best for with having some type of framework and ruling, because if there isn't that, um, you know, I think it's going to be detrimental to the sport, not going to enhance it. Are we, you know, essentially already at a disadvantage already? You know, when you look at the, the, the reality that the NCAA oversees Division One, Two, II, and Three, but, you know, I was recruited to play basketball at Division Three level, there's no scholarship for that. You know, if I if I had gone and, and played and carried that out on top of broadcasting and communication arts and running a TV station and all, I mean, I already didn't have a life. You still have to practice. You still have to lift. You still have to play games. You still have to travel. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like you're asking less of the bodies of athletes at D2 or less of the body of athletes at D3 or less of their mental at D2 or less of their mental at D3. Or, you know, the balance is the same of balancing school and, and, and all that stuff and everything you got to do. So, you know, I've always wondered why D3 is treated as kind of like the runt of it all when there's still athletes that are doing the same things, going through the same problems, living the same life. How do you look at this situation where the NCAA says, okay, you can give scholarships to D2 and D1, not D3, but D3 players, well, you guys can make money like everybody else. So, I mean, if there's already a discrepancy and there's already a disconnect, how does the NCAA say to them, you can't have scholarships, but now we're going to allow you to get endorsements and use your name for your advantage? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a little bit of conflict of interest there, you know. Um, and, and there's some really good football players and some really good programs at the Division Three level. I spent uh, seven years at, at that level, and, uh, you know, um, it comes down to salary caps of division ones and division twos. And, and, um, you know, there, there's still plenty of great football players at that level. And, uh, you know, so for now looking at that, so those guys will be able to, you know, potentially earn some, some things off of their likeness in 
and how they do that and how it's structured again is still still the question. But uh, um, there's going to be some some <laughs> there's going to be some real discussion here in the next few months, and um, you know our, our leadership in, in the FCA and, and the NCAA has really got to come up with with a well thought out model that uh, that I think doesn't uh, you know doesn't destroy the sense of team and the sense of uh, yeah. you know, belonging and brotherhood. And, and that's, you know, when you ask, you know, it's just anywhere around this country when you're talking about, you know, the game of football and how it's brought people from different lifestyles and different um, areas and different beliefs and creeds and colors, and they brought them together to, to be part of something bigger than themselves. And now, you know, um, now it's about, okay, well, what can I go out and get? And, um, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, um, I just think it goes against everything that we talk about within the team setting. You know, we keep this core really tight as coaches, you know, to, to keep our teams together. And then, you know, when decisions are made because of the individual, and I know you can argue that, hey, you know, coaches move around and so on and so forth. And yeah, we have contracts, you know, we have, you know, we have contracts that we've signed and, um, you know, and, and we live out those contracts. And if we don't, there's buyouts and all kinds of stuff. And that's, you know, we get taxed on our income and we're professionals. And, and that's, that will be the next piece is, you know, you get endorsements, but you get taxed on that. Are you getting taxed on that? You know, how, how does that thing come about? So yeah. I think anytime you, you, you bring in, there's all kinds of questions. Anytime you bring in money into the, into a sport, um, it, it's going to change it. And, uh, so, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the student athletes. I, I have reservations as a coach because it's uncharted waters and it's, you know, it's a new thing. And I think, I think normally in society we fear things that we don't understand. And, um, you know, that, that will be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this thing's going to play out. You know, and it is. We're speaking here with Joe Adam this morning. Uh, Joe Adam, St. Anselm, head football coach, speaking on faith, family, and, and, and football and so much more. Uh, Joe, to, to like you brought up the fact that you know D three has a lot of talent at the football level and and obviously I know it at a, a bunch of different sports as well you know coming from Marywood University in Scranton Pennsylvania and and knowing you know what they've done especially recently in in women's basketball and men's basketball and whatnot so and obviously knowing Oswego that's not too far from Syracuse when when you look at that there's already D three there's D two that for football there's Division one A FCS or pardon me there's division one double a FCS there's division one a FBS but then there's the autonomous five so essentially there's division one power five or whatever you want to call it there's division one autonomous five there's division one a everybody else then there's division one double a then there's division two then there's a division three what's happening to college football because I mean d2 is d2 d3 is d3 but division one football is essentially split in three pieces at this point yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's resource, you know, and that's the difference between the power five and, and, and the, the rest of everybody else is, you know, you have TV contract money, you have resources, boosters, you have school resources, um, you know, and it's why, you know, you see all these great buildings that are being built for student athletes and, and, and academic resources and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and it's no different than I think the NFL model. You know, the NFL has their all their resources pooled in one uh, location, and uh, they're 
practice facility and their training facility and you know and um and uh so i i think um you know it comes down to resource and it's the it's the haves and have nots and you see so many more schools now that in the division two world that are trying to go one double a for certain reasons whether it be different sports you know um uh conference affiliation and so forth you know more scholarships added yeah. uh th- there's no difference i mean there's no difference it, it, you know it's, it's like in the business if you have more resource then you can hear more talented people and and you can't get outbid and um and that's what it's really coming down to is, you know, how do you have the ability to, to, you know, and the resources to hire talented people and then obviously keep them there and develop them. So, um, and I think that's, that's kind of what, uh, what the power five is doing now, you know, is there, is there a sense of the power five, you know, kind of doing their own thing and having their own set of, of, of things? Well, you know, we've talked about that for a long, long time, but who knows, who knows how that will, will pan out. Well, yeah, and that's and that's the reality, you know. And I spoke with the ACC commissioner, obviously that oversees Syracuse and so many other teams, the, the Clemson's, the North Carolinas, the Dukes, and the whatnots of the world. But you know, John Swafford and I had a conversation last month, and we had a conversation a year or so ago about the same thing. I said, you know, autonomy by definition is self government, self governing. I mean, it's it's you you are your government. You take care of your own stuff. You are your check and balance. So they're still technically under the law of the NCAA. They're still technically within the NCAA, but their definition, because Power 5 was a media-created term, Autonomous 5 is a legislative term, and it's the reality of, hey, we have our own set of rules inside of these set of rules, and we are self-governing kind of, you know, we're we're like a solar system within the solar system, so we take the heat from the sun, but we got our own sun type of thing. I, I spoke with him about, would you ever break away? Is that on the table? And he said, you know, well, you know, it's not something we're thinking about right now, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Sure. And so, you know, I just wonder, does the bow break when the, when the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, and the ACC say, you know what, NCAA, uh, we don't like the way that you don't treat everybody equally. We don't like the fact that you punish some and not others. We don't like, you know, having this model and having to deal with this and having to deal with that. So, you know, with all due respect, we're going to go start our own thing and good luck with everybody else. I mean, I do believe, and I did say this, and there's some irony to the, I mean, craziness to the period now that we live in. A couple of years ago, I said, if the NCAA continues to treat different schools differently with the same rules, continues to punish differently about the same rules broken and continues to go through this process of saying, you know, we're not for profit, but we're making billions of dollars. If all this stuff continues to happen, there will be a window of five to 10 years from now, from a couple of years ago, where the NCAA will not look like the way it does right now, if it exists at all. And when California made that ruling, I called up my father and I said, what did I tell you? So I'm, I'm sitting in a world right now saying, can the NCAA survive this? And, you know, will these five conferences eventually just do what their legislative term already states and truly be autonomous? Sure. I mean, you know, you bring up a really good point. And, and now when you talk about, you know, being paid on likeness, it, it's, it becomes a resourceful thing. Again, you know, not knowing what, 
what the structure is going to look like and those types of things. But, you know, what if uh, you have two ACC teams, you know, the, the first team says, hey, we want to recruit you. We can get you a $50,000 endorsement deal. And then school B says, well, we can get you $200,000. Well, <laughs> where do you <laughs> think that player is going? Right. You know, so again, you've created imbalance. Yeah, and um, you're going to have the haves and have-nots even in the Division One world because there is there is a, a large um, uh, difference between some of the schools in in those leagues and the resources that are available. You know, I'm just talking in the football realm, not in in athletics per se, and, and in how they how they um, they piece their uh, their finances together. You know, and, and that's for you as a head coach, Joe. I mean, you're look. I look at it from the perspective of, let's say you have a play. So th- this happens, the name, image, and likeness, so they can go out and get endorsements. Let's say you're starting quarterback, Fairweather. Let's say that he can go out there, and let's say that you know there's a dealership down the street. There's a Buick dealership down the road from Saint Anselm that says, you know what, we're going to give you ten grand, and then let's say your 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 main your top running back. He goes to the same Buick one, and they go, ah, we'll give you five. So now there's some dissension amongst your team. Then there's another question. What if a dealership or a restaurant or a law office, let's say a law office backs your quarterback, and you decide to sit that quarterback, and they got $30,000 in that quarterback. Do they call the school? Do they call you? Do they get involved? Do they meet you on the field and say, hey, we got thirty grand riding on this guy, and he's the guy that's trying to sell our Buicks, and you sat him on the bench, and the kid that you have behind him, you know, we're, we didn't back that kid. So do they breach the contract? Do they break the contract? And then what does that do when, you know, those players that are, are getting endorsed and getting these big deals get in trouble or they get kicked off the team or they get benched or they don't get enough carries in the game. So people stop, you know, they're not as popular and they're not selling jerseys. So now that sponsorship isn't returning on investment the way that they do. Well, how do we handle that? Those are all really good hypothetical questions. And, and, and again, uh, a scary proposition, um, Number one, I would never answer any phone call or any anything like that uh, as far as playing time and, and those types of things. We have a very specific rule uh, when it comes to that. So uh, I'll be willing to talk about student athletes at any point as far as their mental health and as far as their you know their work capacity. But uh, the only the only part about playing time that's ever discussed is is myself uh, along with the support staff and the coaches, and that uh, that will will never change as long as I'm coaching and uh and we stick to that and we believe in that and um you know, you but you make uh, good points like you know I talked about earlier creating inequality within teams yeah and then and then uh team to team you know we, we have we have some really great uh, sports here I mean you know uh coach Bancroft and women's soccer coach King and field hockey coach Gagnon uh you know um Kirsten in, in women's hockey. We have some great women's sports here, and and I just think like like um, you know, um, is it going to create inequality in their teams too? You know, and uh, or is it going to just be about you know lacrosse, baseball, football, basketball, like the the big sports? So I, I, there's there's just some there's just a lot of unknowns. You know, when you when you talk about it, and there's a lot of scenarios very much like the Division One redshirt rule that they didn't figure out and, um, you know, although intended to 
help younger players uh, and not burn their red shirt, uh, what is now created is this transfer portal, which uh, has become a, a haven for guys that are, you know, uh, disenfranchised with their opportunities and feel like they can go and and, um, and get a better opportunity somewhere else. And um, it, it goes it goes a little bit against uh, my personal view, and it goes a little bit against the things that we think about uh, as far as you know uh, having perseverance and overcoming adversity in, in one's life and trusting the process and understanding that God's plan is better than my plan. And um, you know. Um, that's just a personal view and uh you know but uh i'm a little bit torn with this whole piece because obviously i want uh, the best for our student athletes and their families and and i know some of the struggles that that our guys go through as far as you know just as simply as going back home and and eating you know and uh um you know so i I know their struggles and i know their families and, and some come from you know, well-to-do families, and some come from nothing, and that's why they're getting an education so that they can get a great job and provide for them, them and their families, you know, for the rest of their lives. And that's what what our mission is here. That coming from Joe Adams, St. Anselm College head coach for football, and 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 Joe, you know, in closure before I let you go here, I mean, you brought it up, and it's something that gets brought up a lot. You know, we have worked so hard, and when I say we, you know, the people that I don't know, I mean, I. <laughs> I don't like that there's anybody that's not, you know, that's on the other side of this because I don't know how you can be. But for people that are for gender equality and equal treatment and whatnot, we know that there's a discrepancy in sports. We know that, you know, football as opposed to soccer, basketball as opposed to track and field and whatnot. So you bring, we bring up all of these when it comes to name, image and likeness. But you brought it up and I, I've brought it up on the show what happens with men and women? What happens with Title IX? What, you know, what happens with the Olympic sports? You know, do, do you have to pay everybody the same? And, and you know, how do you create equality and how do you create gender equality? And we've come so far, Joe, but I think you can agree with me that sometimes in our country it feels like we haven't even taken one step. So, you know, as we look at things right now, my concern right now is is where does Title IX fit into this? Where do men and women find equality? And is this going to be yet another situation where, you know, there, there is such inequality and, and, and such, you know, such a disconnect, yet no solution for it? Yeah, you know, with, with the Title IX piece, it's about the equality based off of the size of our teams, you know, and, and the resources that are provided. And, um, you know, you know, per head, one sport should not get more than the other. And, you know, when you're talking about institutional within the NCAA model, um, you know, I would say athletic departments are very aligned as far as, as that piece. But since now you're talking about something that's an outside entity that, that the institutions don't have control over, um, you know, that's, that's where it comes into is, is, um, it's going to create some of that, some of the things that we're fighting so hard to, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You're, you know, great for the student athletes to go out and earn, you know, and earn off of, off of themselves, right? Because that's, that's more resource for them and their families. But, uh, but then, you know, what's the byproduct of it? You know what I mean? 
it's like uh, it reminds me um i don't know 30 years ago when they said hey man let's um you know we don't need paper bags anymore let's let's do uh plastic bags they're, they're cheaper to make they're um you know we can we can make them in bulk uh and they're much more sturdy and everyone said yeah that's a great idea and then now 30 years later we're sitting here and we have uh, an ocean problem with plastics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So unintended consequence, right? Yeah. At the time, it was like, yeah, let's have full full steam forward. Let's go. And and then I guess you know people didn't think about what are the consequences of throwing these things out and then they get into the waterways and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and uh, I know that's a that's a. Uh, quite an analogy, but you know, you you live the repercussions of the decisions that you make today. Yeah. And um and and you know, so how is it? How is it going to be structured? How is it going to be? You know, somewhat fair. I mean, you know, when you look at the NFL, and that, that's the model I look at because those guys obviously have contracts. You know, you have certain guys that are stars in the league that make more than than some of the you know the the incoming special teams players, you know, until that person has proven that. And, you know, but uh, I would say the NFL salary of an incoming player is still um, something that you can live off of. Right. So, you know, when it's, when it's, when, when now when you get into college and maybe it's, Hey, this person is getting X amount and this person is getting nothing, you know, but they have their, their obviously a scholarship sport, so on and so forth. Um, I just think it just raises uh, a lot of questions in that in that sense, and, and I don't really have an answer without really having a roundtable discussion with with a lot of coaches and 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 having more open communications like we're doing right now, just to think about what are the unintended uh, circumstances and and consequences that may happen. You know, um, I think I think I speak for a lot of coaches. We don't want. Uh, you know, street agents and, and those types of people um, yeah. and those types of entities to creep into our sport. It's what we fight every day to keep out. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's my that's my fear is, is now, you know, certain individuals, companies and so forth will will have their say and, and will get into the core of your team. And if you let anything into the core of anything, it will rot it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly... I couldn't say it better myself, and I'm going to open this. I'm going to open this to you, Coach, and I'm going to ask you this: Is if if I was to do this, and you know that I'm a man of my word, but if I was to have a roundtable discussion and to sit down with coaches at different, you know, different divisions and JUCO and whatnot, if I was to have that and to have that open, let's just put everything on the table and let's talk about it. Would you be willing to be a part of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime you have collaboration with you know, with people, I think that that you come to solutions. So, I mean, that's something to something to look at, and it's something to think about, and something that will be on my mind. And, and I know that you're one of the first people that I would call. I mean, I'm telling you right now. So, with that being said, Joe, Joe Adam here, yeah, absolutely. So, Joe Adam here, and, and in closing, Joe, you know, a final piece here. I know you got a few games left in your regular season. And I know, you know, to you, there's a lot of faith, family, and football. So to put those three together, faith, family, and football, with those three all as a unit, all as one combined core, tell me about the rest of the season here in closing. 
Yeah, we have uh, we have we had we had an unbelievable practice last night. Tremendous energy. Uh, just speaks to our guys, and uh, you know I'm going to really challenge them to have that that same type of mentality today. Uh, and it's all about preparation for us, uh, and preparation, you know, equals uh, the plan, and plan equals attack, and attack equals victory. And, and so that that's been our our formula here, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, and um, you know we have uh, I told the, I told the guys the other day we have a 17 uh, day season right now. And, and 17 days, which doesn't seem a lot, and on Sunday it was 20 days. Um, you know, uh, this is this is going to define a lot of things here in the next 17 days. And I want to look at the big picture without, you know, moving past a game at a time. And uh, we just attack every day at a time. But I want them to understand the the um, you know the bigger picture of it. And for our seniors, a lot of them have 17 days left in their careers. It's the last time they'll ever put the pads on. Yeah. Uh, the last time they'll ever be part of this specific group of guys, and um, and that's a special thing, man. As as you just watch these relationships grow, and you watch people come back from campus, and you know, I know I know you know Syracuse obviously has a great football alumni, and you know you watch guys come back, and and you know they, they tell stories about football, but it's more about the relationships that they carry, and 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 then the support that they give to each other while they're on the team, and then even afterwards. Um, so, you know, those things are important and, uh, we're going to continue to do what we do and, uh, continue to believe in each other and trust the process and then, uh, you know, get to recruiting, which we do every day here. Um, and, um, you know, recruit, uh, an even better class that fits with this current group coming up and continue to develop guys. And that's, that's our charge here. That coming from Joe Adam here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning. Joe, as always, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I appreciate this discussion because at all levels and no matter what the sport is and what's going on, you know, this is the conversation that people need to be having, and it is a true and real and honest one. And, you know, I just – I do. I thank you for your time, and I thank you for your commitment to these – young men and, and to this world. And, and, you know, you know, I appreciate you and I have to end it the right way in the words of, I think, who was the guy that said in the words of Eric Kroom, because Kroom put it out there cause he is as well. It's Libra season. So, you know, that's, that's how we got to look at it. But so happy, happy birthday again. I wish you happy birthday on the day, but it's Libra appreciate season. It. That's how I look at it. <laughs> appreciate it, Dan. And, uh, thanks again. And, uh, best wishes for all, all uh, all the, the folks in Syracuse, uh, tremendous community. Yeah, absolutely. So we look forward to talking with you soon, and God bless as always, and God bless this weekend. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a good day.